welcome to the REI Mastermind Network, where host Jack Haas gathers amazing stories from leaders in real estate investing. In each episode, our guests will tell you what they're doing that works, what they've tried that failed, and best of all, you'll learn actionable steps to take your real estate investing to the next level. Now, here's Jack with another value-packed episode. We have Valerie Shira with me here today. Really appreciate your time, Valerie, as we talk about virtual assistance in real estate investing. But before we begin, I want to send everybody to your website so they can take a look at some of the crib notes there. So head over to thestreamlineteam.com, and that's going to be a clickable link in the show notes as well. But really appreciate your time here today, Valerie. Yeah, Jack, it's great to be here. So. You know, you have an interesting background and story as to how you got into this and real estate investing. Would you mind giving us kind of a summary of that and and let's kick things off? Yeah, sure. So it's been about four years, four and a half years since we got into real estate. And the reason we got into it was we found out my husband had Parkinson's disease. At the time, he was a heavy equipment operator. And All of our income came from his W-2 job. I was a stay-at-home mom. We had three young kids. I was starting to homeschool them. And and so we were just completely reliant on his income. So when we found out that he had Parkinson's and he would not be able to operate long-term, I mean, the next few years probably, but with a tremor already starting in his arm, it was just like that nasty wake-up call where we realized we've got to do something different. So Somebody, I think somebody had gotten me onto the Bigger Pockets podcast. That's probably how most people start, or a lot of people, anyways. But we started listening to it, and I started to learn about real estate, learn about all the different aspects and and what all is out there because there, there's a lot that falls under real estate. I mean, a lot of different ways that you can kind of go about getting into it. So, long story short, we tried, we flipped a couple houses, and then we ended up buying a some small multifamily. Started with a fourplex, a couple duplexes. We did an LP investment. We were limited partners, and then, kind of coming up to now, we started a virtual assistant agency to help complement what we were doing in our real estate. But long story short, it was a big transition. It took time. And more importantly, it took a lot of mindset shifts for us. And I don't know if you want to go into that kind of stuff, but it was a big change that we had to kind of take piece by piece. And sometimes people look at it and they're like, oh, wow, they shot from A to B and it it looks like an easy journey, but they don't see all those little hurdles that you had to kind of get over and, and, and overcome piece by piece. But long story short, four years later, here we are loving it. My husband is officially... To retired from his W two job, but we are we're living off our real estate and the virtual assistant agency, and we're actually in the process of buying some more businesses. Okay, so you, let's let's touch on that a little bit. You said there was a pretty significant mindset shift. What was some of the things that had to happen there? Sure, to, to accept the situation. I would say the two biggest ones for us to overcome was number one debt. That was really scary for us. We were listening to Dave Ramsey. We were listening to a lot of things that were that all debt's bad. You know, you you want to be completely debt free and you want to pay everything with cash. So for us to wrap our mind around good debt and bad debt was kind of scary, especially when you have family members who are saying, 
you know, you're going to, you're going to go bankrupt. Everyone who plays with the fire, you know, is going to get burnt. And so that was probably the biggest one. And the second one was partnerships. If you're in, if you're in small multifamily, like single family or maybe duplexes, you can tend to do it more by yourself. But if you start to get into multifamily or bigger properties, it's a team sport. And, you know, that was just something that we had to kind of get over and realize that when you partner, one plus one doesn't equal two. It equals at least three or beyond. So that was the second big mindset shift that we had to kind of get over and realize we can't do everything ourselves. We have to partner with people. We have to collaborate and we, we have to learn from mentors and people, you know, who have been there before us. Mm-hmm. You know, you had mentioned that most of your income was coming from your husband's W-2 job. And now you're you're managing the virtual assistant side of things. Are you still homeschooling? How has this changed your life? And have you been able to maintain a certain balance there? Yeah, we are. We're home, still homeschooling. And I, I just realized there's, there's a school workbook on my bed behind me. <laughs> I forgot to clear it up. But yeah, so we do still homeschool, but the way that we've been able to do it is through virtual assistants. And that's kind of, we got into the real estate until we got overwhelmed. You know, we were doing everything ourselves. We were trying to branch into collaborating before partnerships, you know, one step at a time. But it got to a point where we had like short-term rentals, except they're, they're like mid-term rentals, I guess, with traveling nurses, medical students. And what I was doing at home was messaging the guest. A lot of times I was going and doing the cleaning. We were keeping up with the properties and doing all that ourselves. We, we quickly maxed out. And so if you don't really want to partner with other people, you could only do so much. And if you don't want to hire and you want to do everything yourself, it doesn't take long to max yourself out. And that's kind of what happened with us. And so that's where we started learning about virtual assistants and implementing them into all different areas of our lives so that we could keep focusing on the business and purchasing more properties without getting completely burnt out. Okay. You know, earlier you mentioned one plus one equals three or more. Is that, can you explain what you mean a little bit by that? I think that is the mindset change that most people actually have to go through. It's, it's that, that concept is hard to grasp until you actually start to to rely on other people and build out your team. Sure. You know, if you take a job, pretty much any job, and if you timed yourself to get it done and say, okay, even if you look at it on a small scale, so you're, you're working a physical job, you know, if you have to do the yard, you know, all by yourself and you time yourself and you're, you're doing it piece by piece, it will take you X amount of time. But if you add two people in there and you're able to help each other, there's there's just the synergy that helps you be able to get done more than just one person's time multiplied by two, if, if that makes sense. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. if me and my husband are working on something, him and I bouncing things off of each other and just picking up where the other one lets off, lets off it just pushes you further ahead than if you did it you know, every aspect yourself. And so when I look at partnerships or even a lot of collaborations or working like with, if if I have my virtual assistant helping me, it's way faster than me doing each element myself. First off, everyone has different skills. So if I'm really good at 
one thing and you're really good at something else. When we combine, we have the whole picture now because you're good at half and I'm good at the other half. So both of us are going to utilize our strengths and be more efficient in that specific task. But if I am doing all the tasks, I'm not going to be good at everything. I'm only going to be good at the pieces that I'm good at. So when you combine two, then three, then four into a team, the speed and efficiency really starts to multiply. And that's where you get that synergy and that ability to scale faster, grow faster, and just get a lot more done. So, you know, one of the things that I'd be interested in is did you and your husband kind of, before you kicked off this virtual assistant, did you run through the calculations? You kind of figured out exactly how much you might need as a household and then place a value on your time to to justify that virtu- first virtual assistant. I like to have an idea as to how you got to that point where you said, you know, our time is worth $100 an hour. Mm-hmm. I can get a virtual assistant for this. Is it, you know, what was the mental exercise you went through there? Well, I'll be honest, we were not that sophisticated. We were really simple. We were just maxed out. And I remember telling my husband one time, I can't do this. I cannot do this any longer. I'm homeschooling the kids. I'm trying to have supper ready by the time he comes home, trying to keep it with the house while messaging guests, looking for more properties, dealing with people, you know, like guests. They, they're legitimate, but at the moment they may seem silly, like, you know, Hey, could we have a warm light bulb instead of a cold one? You know, it's just like, are you serious? So I just got to the point where I couldn't take anymore. And I told him, I said, look, I cannot do this any longer. And he was working sun up to sundown in road construction. And so the benefit of not having a plan B is you just figure it out. And so we realized we can't turn around. You know, we can't reverse Parkinson's. It's, it's, it is what it is. He's going to, he's not going to be able to stay in the job he's at. So we have to figure it out. And sometimes I think people would be more successful if they, in one sense, burnt the bridge or lock themselves into something and say, look, there is no plan B. It's plan A until it works. Because that really puts the pressure and you push past that, that ceiling above you into the next level. Whereas most people, and and we would have too, you hit that and then you come back down and then you hit it and come back down. So for us to get to the point where we felt it was worth it was just, it was just literally fried, exhausted. We just need help. It doesn't really matter what it costs. We knew that virtual assistants were more affordable than hiring somebody here in the States. So we hired somebody from the Philippines and we just threw stuff at her. <laughs> it was definitely not the best thing. We, we did not know what we were doing, but we stuck through it. And even that process had its ups and downs. In the beginning, I didn't really even know what tasks to give her, but I just started giving her things that I thought she could handle. And it took a while to really get a system going. And so long story short, just in that, in that piece of our our life, the virtual assistant thing. We figured out systems and things that make so much more sense and how to analyze your time and figure out the skills that you need. I didn't know any of that. I literally just hired a VA and was like, hey, you don't know anything about real estate, but I can teach you. And we just kind of went about the long way, but it still worked out. And that's the beauty of pushing through things, even when it seems like you can't go anymore or, or there's something stopping you. 
So did you jump right in and hire somebody direct? Did you go through a service yourself? What what happened there? I went direct and it was only because I didn't know anything. I, I Somebody had given me a website and I just, I threw a resume out there and I just literally, I feel like I picked one out of a hat. Looking back, I would have done things much differently. You know, I feel like agencies have their benefits and their disadvantages. It, it all depends on what a person's looking for. If you... If you want, if you're good at hiring, which at the time I am now, but I was not then, you know, I went through a lot of headache just trying to find the VA. And then the other aspect was I didn't know what I needed. I just knew I needed help. So, you know, I spent months trying to train her on tasks that should have never been given to her. You know, they, they weren't her strength. They weren't even the best thing to be taken off my plate. And I'll even give you an example. Later on, when I started really looking at my schedule, I stopped looking at it in a box. And the way that I mean is when I looked at my time, I was specifically looking, what are business tasks that I can give her? Instead of looking at my life as a holistic picture, what is taking up my time? And that's something that we tell clients today. Just write down, you know, in a journal or a notebook, what are you doing all day? Because you really have to look at your your time as a large picture in order to see where you need help. So for me, after I did that, I seen that one of the biggest things was actually the schoolwork. It was the schoolwork with the kids, grading that homework. So what I ended up doing was putting my answer keys in a Google Drive. And now my kids just, they read her the answers. There's like a camera, they can put their book on the camera and she'll just grade it for them and send me the report. How many did they get wrong? Do they need help in a specific area? And we can go over homework in the evening. But that took hours off of me. So we really encourage people to take a look at your life holistically and see where you need help because it may not be what you originally think. Well, to steer the conversation to the real estate side, what are some of the things, let's set expectations. What are some of the things that you see are commonly time sucks that would be a good use of a virtual assistant? For sure. So one of the most common ones would be email. Everybody hates doing email. It can be time consuming. And I've heard a lot of people say, how could you ever give that over? I mean, to train email seems to be a big deal. And one of the things that I like to say is, first off, no matter what task you're giving them, record it. When you're showing them, or even if you're just doing it yourself, record it. Because what you're what you're going to end up doing is creating and documenting the processes for everything so that they can have that and refer back to it instead of asking you every time, hey, what did you say you wanted done with this? And I can't, you know, I can't remember last week we covered X, Y, and Z. When you record them and file and either you file them or or have them file them in an orderly fashion, it saves so much time. So with email, I like to, you know, if I'm, when I started giving my email over to my VA, I would just go through the email and a recorded line. I didn't even have to be on with her. I just recorded myself going through it. Now I didn't actually do them, but I would just say like this email archive, archive, put this into the folder, this one unsubscribe, this one unsubscribe. And I just would do that every day for several weeks. It did not take me any more time. In fact, it took me less time because I was just saying it. I wasn't like physically going through and unsubscribing because that takes time. But what happens is within a few weeks, they know, they know pretty much where most your emails go because it's so repetitive. So that's one common task. Some other ones that I've seen a lot of people doing are social media. 
you know, getting your name out there, getting content, creating content, letting people know what you do. And then some are doing preliminary underwriting, looking for deals, research, market research. If they're in short-term rentals, there's a whole host of things they can do with guest management. If they're in larger multifamily, you know, they can do some communication with brokers, just keeping up that relationship. And yeah, I mean, pretty much anything that can be done on a phone or computer, they could be trained to do. Just to remind everybody, head over to thestreamlineteam.com to learn more about what Valerie and her team are up to there. And if you found any value in what you've heard so far, do us a quick favor and share it with one of your real estate investing friends. So, Valerie, it what I think is really interesting here, and, and I've run into other companies that do virtual assistants. I mean, you can't do 500 pod episodes and not run into other VA companies. It seems like I get a mixed answer when I ask the following. Can you train a virtual assistant to take inbound calls and not speak off of a script? It's definitely something that can be done, but you have to have the right person. That's a personality thing. You know, are they capable of thinking for themselves or making it sound like it's a genuine conversation? It's definitely not easy. And I'll just say that because if you think about it, I've even done cold calling. After about five calls, it just sounds, it just sounds like a script and it is a script. So it's not easy, but it can be done if you find the right personality. Okay. When you're engaging a company such as yours, are there any questions that we should be asking to ensure it's a good fit or, uh, or we're on the same page? Yeah, I guess one of the things that would be nice if, if if somebody's interested in a VA, you know, no matter where they get one from, is just to find out at least an idea of what they need. You know, whether it's through analyzing their time, like I mentioned, or maybe there's a specific job. They just know I need a graphic design, you know, that they don't have to analyze their time. That's specifically what they're looking for. That always helps, you know, if they come. But the other thing to keep in mind is when you want to, when you're getting a virtual assistant, it's easy to to think that they can do everything, and that is not always the case. There are definitely buckets of skills, and you can combine some of them, but other ones are not easily combined. And, and like, I guess what that would look like is, you know, somebody could come and they're like, "Hey, we need somebody to do social media, and I need uh, somebody who can do QuickBooks, and some cold calling in between." Well, those are very, very different skills. And you're not going to probably, most likely are not going to find those in one person. And if you do, they're going to be like that jack of all trades, which is okay, but you can't expect them to be a specialist in each area because those skills are just so different. So that's kind of one of the things that we a lot of times have to help clients look at is which bucket is most important. You know, is the is the social media where you're looking at video editing, graphic design, is that most important? Or do you really need a bookkeeper? You know, and then we'll kind of go through whichever one's most important. If they can do other things, it's kind of a bonus. So coming to an agency or, or getting a virtual assistant, figuring out what you need first is definitely a great thing. Can you share any success stories? Like you had a business who brought on a virtual assistant for the first time and were able to measure any results. 
Yeah, I, I don't get a lot of real clear measured results back, but we've had clients that have come back and be like, hey, look, we love this VA and we want to get another one. So we have, you know, different clients who have multiple VAs. And really one of the biggest things is a lot of times we'll start them out with kind of like an executive assistant who can do, you know, a little bit of everything, maybe not quite as wide as bookkeeper to graphic design, but they're well-versed. And what happens is as their company grows and as that VA grows with them, then they can get those specialty VAs that go underneath. And we've been able to see that happen. And that's really exciting. And even for me, you know, I started out with a, an executive assistant and then as she kind of grew, I got a specialty graphic design, somebody who can just do the social media aspect. And she was really good at that. And so that's kind of what we're seeing. I don't have like number measured results, but I do have the fact that they're coming back and saying, Hey, look, this really worked. Now I want somebody in this, in this aspect of the company. As you've been growing this business, have, have you had any, what was your biggest stumbling block and what did you learn from it? You know, my biggest stumbling block has probably been the, the working with other people. And it's, I keep going back to that because it was such a big shift for me. And I feel like I still gravitate back towards that do it yourself mentality where it's like, Hey, we can do this. Let's just buckle down and get it done. But what I'm really trying to do is stop and say, who can help me? Who do I need? You know, and, and that's something that I definitely stumbled over for years. And I feel like I still kind of struggle with it a little bit, but I'm getting a lot better with, and it's definitely a mindset thing that I'm, I've worked through and I'm still working through. Mm-hmm. You mentioned your initial assistant was in the Philippines. Is that primarily where they are, t- all of them today? Yes. Yep. We, blew, we pretty much do exclusively Filipino workers. So when somebody goes through the process of, of- training their virtual assistants. Is there some sort of contract period or how do we, how does a person feel a little comfortable that they're, that that virtual assistant is going to stick around for a while? Sure. What we do is, you know, once we talk to the client and we find out what they need, you know, we'll go through the, the skill buckets and find out what's most important and what are other things that would be great if they were able to do. We go out and we find that VA. Once we find that VA and we match them up and they, the client feels like it's a good fit, we get them started. We do a three-month commitment, and that just gives the client a chance to see if it's going to work, the VA a chance to prove themselves. And after that, we go month to month. And so we want our clients, number one, to feel comfortable and to know that, look, this is going to work. And if it doesn't, you're not trapped. So, you know, if during the three months that the VA up and leaves or, or something happens and it's just not a good fit, we can replace that VA with somebody else. So you're not stuck with somebody you, you hate, you know, in one sense. And then beyond that, you know, we want to, we, we want our clients to feel like if this isn't working, A, we can help either solve the problem with that VA or replace that VA with somebody who does. So that's kind of the way that we go about it. Sure. And, you know, I think there's a, a, let's put some expectations around how much this costs. You know, I, I don't know if you're comfortable sharing this, but you know what, we, you get the idea that virtual assistants are, are cheap, but I don't, I don't think everybody has really a concept of what something like this costs. So would you be willing to share some of that? And is there a minimum number of hours per week to the to engage? How, how does that look? Yeah, sure. So 
a lot of people think, oh, VAs are cheap and they are cheap, but they're not free. And so you have to mm-hmm. have that expectation as they're a lot more economical than if you're going to hire somebody here in the States. Our packages, we do two packages. One is 20 hours a week and that's part-time. And then there's full-time, which is 40 hours per week. We charge by the month. So for a part-time, it's $900 a month. And that's for, like I said, 20 hours a week. You know, you pay $900 every month. The full-time for 40 hours a week is six, it starts at 1600 It does go up if you want a specialty VA. Say you want somebody working on websites, designing websites, or doing SEO, things that are a little more technical and we just have to pay more. You know, that's just a higher skill level. You know, it does go up from there. But that's kind of our price line that we kind of base it off of. Mm -hmm. Have you found that your assistants are, they do stick around quite, quite a long time? Yeah, my the one that I got, she's been with me over two years. And then we have other ones who've been, you know, about a year, I think is one of our clients about a year. We have a couple that have been about a year. Sometimes needs change and clients need to kind of swap out if if things shift and they need completely different skills. But my partner, his VAs have been with him, I think over seven years. So if you find the right one, and you're paying them right. And that's the other thing that I think a lot of individuals, when they hire them, they don't they don't understand the needs and the pay scales. And they think, you know, VA should be almost next to nothing. And so they're not paid really well. But what we do is we, we pay them and then we also offer incentives. You know, if you're here four months, six months, a year, they get bonuses, they get incentives. And so we're able to do that to just you know, incentivize them to stay and make sure that they're treated really well. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that we run into that that we see that is a problem is a lot of times the VA does not have support and they feel out on an island with no help. You know, either sometimes the clients don't really contact connect with them. Maybe they're just sending them tasks over the email and the, and the VA just doesn't really know what to do with them. We, we see that more often than not, actually. So we try to really work with the client to communicate and to give the VA feedback. You know, if, if you went and got a job and the, the, the boss just said, hey, do X, Y, and Z, and then you didn't see them for two weeks, you know, it would be hard for you to know, are you doing a good job? Is there something you something else you want me to do? So we try to coach the client as well. And we also, the other thing that we see is in the back end. With our VAs, we have a bunch of VAs that are supporting each other in the back end. In fact, today I was just seeing in the chat, the one VA was saying, hey, a client needs me to download this app and do whatever. Does anybody else have experience with that? They have a whole host of VAs that they can kind of collaborate with and get ideas from and see what's everybody else doing. Whereas, you know, if you're by yourself, that VA doesn't really have that support. And so sometimes they end up just quitting because they're either overwhelmed or stressed or they just don't understand what they're doing. Did you find that there, you mentioned a chat system. Do you find a tool, any particular tools that that you suggest the entrepreneur take advantage of to stay in communication with their VA? Yeah, my favorite is Skype. I know it sounds old school, but the reason I like Skype is you can do video, messaging, voice. You can download documents and send. And the best thing is if I hop on a Skype call with them, I can just say, hey, 
let's record this so that we don't have to go over it again. And I can record it or the VA can record it. But what happens is as soon as we hop off that call, the recording automatically goes in our chat. So it's it's between us. Whereas Zoom or Loom or a lot of the other ones, you have to save it and then upload it to you know either Google Drive or Dropbox. So it just saves the stuff. So that would be my favorite tool. Sure. Just to remind everybody one more time, the streamlineteam.com. Well, Valerie, this has been an eye-opening conversation, and I'm hoping that we can close things out here now with some rapid fire, if you're ready. Sure. So what is a real estate investing lie that everybody tells themselves or other, and others? Well, I would go back to what we talked about earlier and say, I can do it myself, because that's probably one of the biggest lies that I think that many people believe, and it's not true. You you can go so much further, so much faster if you collaborate, help with others, partner, you know, even if it's just through funding, you can go a lot farther. Sure. Do you have a book recommendation or what are you reading right now? One of my favorite books is Who Not How, and it really deals down to the lies that I believed and the mindset stuff that I had to overcome. And that book was instrumental in that. Sure. What is one tool you can't live without, whether it's in personal or business life? I'm going to go with the Skype. (laughs) I do. I'm on Skype every day with my VAs, and that's definitely something. If it went away, I would be very sad. You know, that's kind of an old school tool, really, when you think about it. But, you know, because with with today, you know, you always hear about Slack and Microsoft Teams and all of that other stuff. But if you could go back in time and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that be? I think, you know, if I were to go back and give myself a piece of advice, it would probably be, you know, when you, when you set your goals, sometimes you don't look at what you're doing now. And, and are you really, are you really doing now what is going to take you there? And one thing that we have done a lot over the past four years is really find mentors, people who have already gone through what we've gone through and they just make that, that journey so much faster. So it would be, you know, look at your goals and find somebody who's already done that. And just, you know, whether it's a paid mentor or somebody that you could just ask, Hey, can I shadow you? Can I learn from you? Do it because it'll just, it'll cut your learning curve down to a fraction. That's one of those things that kind of I've been revisiting recently is the concept that, you know, a lot of people actually don't sit down and, and, envision what they want their business to look like, mm-hmm. which I think is a big, big step, right? And and you'll be surprised at what you what you accomplish when you do that. But I think it's even more important to sit down and envision and document what you want your life to look like. Because that will then drive what the way your business is the vision for your business. So mm-hmm. thanks for reminding me of that. In under 60 seconds, can you give everybody a tip or trick they can implement today to have a direct impact? It would be sit down and analyze your time. Look at what you're doing and you'll be so surprised at where you're actually spending your time. It may be on social media. You know, sometimes you'll start writing down every 15 minutes. You know, if you're if you're aggressive every 15 minutes, if not, you know, try every hour, but write down, what are you doing? And then at the end of a few days, look at it and see, are you spending your time where you want to be spending your time? 
You know, th- that's a great tip. And, you know, I, I'm going to be the first one to say that I fall victim to this all the time where I'll sit down and start something, whether it's an Excel spreadsheet or going through my emails. And the next thing you know, I've chewed up three hours. I know, right? You know, like, where did it go? Like, <laughs> and then you start to wonder, what did you really accomplish here? Like, well, Valerie, is there a question or concept you wished we would have covered here today? No, not necessarily. This has been great. I really appreciate, you know, the conversation and being able to talk about things that I think a lot of people would benefit from. And that's, you know, kind of looking at your goals, looking at your life, seeing where you want to go and who can help you get there. Sure. Well, again, it is the streamlineteam.com. Really appreciate your time, Valerie, and hope you'll come back again sometime. All right. Sounds good, Jack. Thanks so much. Have you learned at least one actionable step to incorporate into your real estate investing? If so, please consider returning some of that value by leaving a positive review, subscribing to our YouTube channel, or joining our growing network on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to all of our social media accounts in the show notes. See you next time.